What's up, guys? Chris Harry with you on a brand new episode of Chargers Weekly. Training camp coming to a close. We've been coming to you live from Jack Hammett Sports Complex, I think like the last three or four episodes, back at the home studio. And you know I love a good roundtable. This is the first time, though, that we've done a mega roundtable. So coming up later, Jeff Miller, LA Times, Joe Reedy, Associated Press, and the voice of the Chargers, Matt Money-Smith, will join me. But first, compass on the beat and hops with pop. Daniel Popper, The Athletic, Fernando Ramirez, Gilbert Manzano, Fernando, of course, Sports Illustrated, Yale Southern California News Group. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me on our first ever Mega Roundtable. Great to be here. Guys, <laughs> guy, I was expecting a little bit more uh, banter, I think, at the beginning of this, gentlemen. I, I, I don't think we want to interrupt one another, so we kind of <laughs> we kind of just let Pop <laughs> say it for all of us. Hey, and Chris, I have, my, I have my dog trying to barge into my room, so I'm, like, looking that way. So, sorry, I'm a little distracted with my little dog here. Over it's here. okay. It's just a, it's another little storyline within the pod. <laughs> uh, hey, guys, let's just start with this. If, if you're a Chargers fan and you didn't see a snap at training camp, uh, your one big takeaway from this last month. Popper, we'll start with you. Yeah, I got to start defensively and what this new scheme is going to look like, because that was sort of a big question mark for me heading into it. Where were all these pieces going to fit into the defense? And the one thing that jumps out to you is that there are going to be a lot of moving parts. It is going to be the polar opposite of what Gus Bradley was doing with this defense over the last four years, where it was pretty static. I mean, guys were in one role and the same guys were coming off when they went to sub packages and it, there wasn't a lot of disguise. It was like, hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do it at a really high level. We're going to execute it as close to perfectly as possible. It's the completely polar opposite philosophy. It's throw as many different things as the opposing quarterback as possible to try and confuse him. It is distraction in disguise. Um, and that starts with Derwin James and a lot of these defensive backs moving all over the place. Derwin is playing three positions. Chris Harris is playing three positions. Joey Bosa is going to be dropping into coverage periodically. They're going to have five-man fronts. They're going to have four-man fronts. Um, and so that is my biggest takeaway is that it's just going to be a lot different. It's going to look a lot different on defense. And, and the Chargers are hoping that leads to more success from their premium players and, and across the board. And I think that's what's so fascinating is we, we've seen it on the practice field. These starters have not played together in a preseason game. So week one at Washington really going to be the first time we see how this all goes down. Fernando, what about you, man? Uh, one takeaway for a Charger fan who has not seen any camp. Derwin James is back. Derwin James is back. That's as simple as I can put it. I mean, uh, Derwin really, the last two years during training camp, he's gotten hurt. And I mean, I remember all of us were like, oh, like every time you'd see him go up for a hit or even during the joint practice, you'd be like, oh, and he was fine. He did everything he needed to do. The thing is his leadership too. They miss his leadership. He really is the guy that that goes up. And I remember uh, there was a play earlier in training camp where he's telling uh, Asante Samuel while they're running, he's like, stay inside, stay inside. I got the outside. I got... You could hear him screaming at him. And uh, Asante obviously kind of messed up and took the outside a little bit. And he's like, no, 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 no. They come off the field and Derwin goes straight to him and starts talking to him and starts telling him, no, dude, you stay out. You stay inside. I'll stay. I'll, I have the outside. So that's the thing that the Chargers miss his leadership because Joey is a leader, but he's more of a quiet leader. He's uh, lead by example, stuff like that. When Derwin is a vocal leader and he really takes that 
uh, he really takes that to the next level. Jim Trotter from NFL Network wrote today that a lot of the employees around the Chargers uh, believe that he's the first leader that they've had on defense since Junior Seau, and that's saying yeah, a lot. So definitely, uh, they they miss Derwin. Derwin is now back, and I think I saw the other day a stat where it said that Joey and Derwin have only played twelve games together. So uh, hopefully they can extend that to all 16 this season because to watch Joey and Derwin on the field at the same time would be uh, very special to for the Chargers defense to have them both. Yeah, and that's going back to 2018. So just uh, imagine those guys yeah. together for maybe 17 games this year. And yeah, Trotter had a great 17. piece. Uh, J- uh, uh, Jeremy Fowler also had a good piece on, on Derwin that you guys should check out. Gil, what about you, man? Yeah, I, I think uh, I feel like it's every other year kind of thing with, with, uh, with the focus being on the offensive line. I feel like for the for the Chargers to go really far, it depends on the offensive line because, you know, they, they look pretty good with the starters, but it isn't like we got a little glimpse of it. There's an injury. Things will go pretty bad uh, and pretty south uh, really fast. Uh, you know, Rashawn Slater looks really good. Corey Lindsay looks like he's really great as well. Uh, but if there's an injury to his offensive line, I'm, I'm getting worried about the Chargers overall. Uh, we saw, you know, with, with Trey and Storm, they're, they're kind of, they're struggling. But if that five guys those starters are in there for to protect Justin Herbert they should be okay but that's asking a lot to stay healthy for an offensive line throughout the whole season oh negative Nancy froze uh, very we're gonna let this play out we're gonna let this play out in the NFL but uh no we didn't get any of that Gil froze. Gil was making some excellent points about the offensive line. I think he's back now. Back now. Pick up where you left off. Pick up where you basically left you're off. Just saying, you were on a roll. Basically, you're, yeah, you're just saying how you joined the band, my bandwagon of, of worrying about the Chargers' offensive line depth. Yeah, you Maybe took the, you read took the, the defense, man. I, had, I need to, and Derwin over here, Fernando. Bro, you could have hey, said something. You could have no, said Justin Herbert is a machine. But Gilbert, <laughs> it's a great point because again, this is this is going to be something that we haven't seen yet. Yeah. Week one, this yeah. offensive line of what we expect to be Slater, Filer, uh, Lindsley, Abushi, and Bulaga. Week one against Washington and their defensive line, probably the best in football. So um, it's it's one of those things, just like Papa was talking about with the defense. Um, we're going to actually see how this all goes down. It's one thing to see them practice, but, but transferring that into a game September 12th in Washington, uh, I think that's what Chargers fans are, are really excited to see. Uh, Popper, let's talk about just performances at camp. A, a non-rookie, which non-rookie has impressed you the most throughout training camp, including the games? Oh, non-rookie who has impressed me the most. I would say Kaiser White. Yeah. Um, he has been to me the most productive defensive player on the field at any position. Uh, obviously he has the two interceptions, but he just seems really comfortable in the scheme, which is saying something because it's very complex. There's a lot of moving parts. Like I talked about um, they're throwing as much as they possibly can at opposing offenses. So there is a bit of a learning curve with it. And we've seen some guys sort of come on slow early in camp, Chenna Nuosu being one of them, but Kaiser White, has picked this up quickly and he is flying around. Um, you know, Brandon Staley and Ronaldo Hill, the defensive coordinator, obviously have both talked about how Kaiser has a unique blend of safety and linebacker skills. He obviously was a safety in college at West Virginia and moved to linebacker in the pros, but he's, he moves like a safety, but hits like a linebacker. 
right? And that's a lot of defenses in the league are looking for that type of player. And I think that's the vision they had for Kaiser White when they drafted him. But he's being utilized in a defense where he's not thinking as much. It's just go play downhill, get after the ball and make plays. That's what these linebackers are being asked to do. And that fits Kaiser White's skill set perfectly. And we've seen that jump out to the point where he is now starting. He is starting next to Kenneth Murray. I think that's pretty clear cut at this point from what we've seen in practice, jumping Drew Tranquil. They say they have three starters, but it's Kaiser White on the field. And he's put himself in that position by the plays that he has made in training camp and in the preseason games where he's played sparingly. He's bigger. This year, Ronaldo mm-hmm. Hill, I think, referred to him uh, as a bully. And right. yeah. it, shows, it, it shows on the field. It, it's They, they want to play with an edge and, and with energy. And, and I, I've seen that clearly from Kaiser throughout camp and, and in these games. Gil, uh, a non-rookie that you've been really impressed with. You know, uh, I'll go with uh, – I, I keep talking about him, but I'll go with Donna Parham. Fernando's going to hate me for this. Yeah. Uh, Good one. I, I, think, I like that, Gil. Good one. <laughs> I'm yeah, taking him. Yeah, going, yeah. I'm Gil, where did you get that from? Where, where in your genius did you get that one from? <laughs> I don't know. I won't give you guys credit. You, you and Fernando, you and Popper love to get credit, so I won't give it to you guys. I, you know what? Uh, I, I blame myself. I could have gone with Fernando before Gil. He would have probably been <laughs> for him, right? <laughs> that's where I was going to – that's actually where I was going. Hey, I, I've been messing up the whole time with my dog barging in, my <laughs> Wi-Fi. So I'm gonna get it right this time. Donald Parham Jr. has been uh, most improved. I feel like on the Chargers roster a year ago, he struggled with blocking, uh, route running. He, he was a big body out there, red zone threat, but he wasn't a complete tight end. Now I'm seeing that in training camp. He stood out to me right away. He was, you know, really improved the first couple of weeks. Uh, had a, had a, a maybe like a small injury. And he kind of, you know, may, maybe uh, slowly decrease up the production, but he is definitely a top target for Justin Herbert. Herbert is looking to Jared Cook and Donald Parham pretty often, and it's hard to miss uh, the six foot eight tight end, uh, Donald Parham. And, and, and I'm just really impressed with the route running. He's getting open in the middle of the field, he's, he's extending plays. Uh, he's, a, he's pretty fast for his size as well. So I think for me, he's going to be a top weapon for Justin Herbert. Am I, am I hearing fantasy sleeper here, Gil? Oh, oh, definitely. Uh, take him in, uh, I don't know, maybe 12th round. Uh, yeah. Take a flyer on Donald Parham Jr. Guys, yeah, when Hunter Henry went to the Patriots, everyone was like, okay, well, now the tight end room, what are we going to do there? You see what Jared Cook was able to do, you know, especially at the beginning of, of training camp. Peter King thinks that he's the X factor on this offense. So Cook and Parham, and, you know, Parham's just another name that we – we didn't really know last year. We knew of him, and we knew that he was from the XFL. Justin really introduced us to these guys throughout the course of last year. And now guys like T. Billy, Jalen Guyton, Donald Parham, they're not really surprises anymore. And in taking that next step in their development in 2021 uh, is going to be really interesting. All right, Fernando, I gave you a little bit more time to, to think of a third guy. Well, if you covered the L.A. Renegades last year, you would have known who Donald Parham was because <laughs> Shots he, had fired. A, he had a 70-yard touchdown uh, catch and run against the L.A. Renegades. So I remember that's where I thought, oh, that guy would be. L.A. Wildcats, Fernando. Wildcats. Get it right. L.A. Wildcats. Renegades. Oh, Dallas Renegades. He played for the Dallas <laughs> Renegades. My bad. He played for the Dallas Renegades. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i'm a terrible human being i know i'm terrible <laughs> uh, don't edit that out no not no don't edit that out that that's all good Listen, that's, that's gill's dog the wife it's all it's all staying in i i don't have the, the energy to edit any oh my god this is terrible uh so i'm gonna go kyler frackle fackrell uh i i think he's 
<laughs> God, now it's in my head. Uh, I, I, yeah, I know. Uh, he he was a guy that came in, and a lot of people thought, oh, it's going to be Uchenna Nuosu's spot. He's really challenged uh, Chenna for this spot, and he's really uh, made a name for himself. I thought on uh, last Sunday, he just got constant pressure, constant pressure. I know uh, Cortez uh, Broughton basically got that sack for him, but hey, he deserved one at least. So he was able to get that one. I think he's uh, he got consistent pressure against the Rams as well. So I think he's going to be the guy that's opposite Joey. And, and, I, and I think it's going to be a healthy rotation. They're not going to make them play the full game, but I think when the starting lineup comes out, it is going to be Joey on one side and Kyler on the other. Kyler's been here before where it, with the Green Bay Packers, 10 and a half sacks when he had a great pass rusher next to him. So if he's opposite Joey, he, it might be it might be good for him. It, it might be uh, open for him to get more and more sacks because everybody's going to be so worried about Joey. Sometimes you forget about that other guy. So I definitely think that he's one of those guys that's really improved. He's a free agent signing that not a lot of people talked about, but uh, now everybody knows about him. And, and I think he's going to play a big role in the Chargers uh, defense this year. A sack, two tackles, three quarterback hits in 32 snaps. And I think Joey Bosa was on the sidelines talking about him during the broadcast. He's he's beating his man every single time. So I think Joey's excited about this rotation on the other side of him. And I think it has to be a rotation, right? I mean, I think Chenna and Fackrell, if if you can get those guys uh, and keep them fresh opposite Joey, um, that's what you want to accomplish. Popper, I said non-rookie because now we're going to talk rookies. And I go back to that the first game against the Rams. There's so many contributions up and down the, the rookie class. Even last week, um, Josh Palmer gets a touchdown. Asante Sima gets an interception. Who's been the most impressive rookie to you uh, this training camp? I'm going to go with Josh Palmer. He has been excellent. I mean, he's been a training camp star by the very definition of the phrase. Um, I don't think that anyone – including people in the building expected him to come on this quickly. Um, but he has proven to be a very capable NFL receiver in a short period of time. Um, he's big body, strong hands, speed, strength. He can play inside. He can play outside. He's reliable. Like he reminds me a lot of, of Keenan Allen in those money down situations, third and three, third and four, third and five, third and six, where he just can get open. And then he can, he's, he's reliable at the catch point. Um, he can make contested catches. He has some speed to win down the field. Uh, he can really do everything you ask out of a receiver. And I think the most noteworthy thing to come out of camp was Keenan Allen saying that Josh Palmer is ahead of where he was as a rookie in terms of his route running, in terms of his football IQ. And the other thing that's jumped out about Josh Palmer is just his desire to get better. I mean, he is the last guy on the field every day. And he's out there with Justin Herbert every day, working on routes, working on timing, working on that connection that is so important. Now, in terms of his production this season, we'll have to see. There are just so many players that deserve targets on this offense, whether it's Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Jerry Cook, Donald Parham. We can go down the list. So it's, is he going to put up the big numbers? I don't know. And I'm talking to the fantasy people out there for this one. But I do know that the Chargers have a player. It gives them flexibility after the season in terms of what, how they decide to handle Mike Williams, who's going to be a free agent. But I think there's a lot of reasons to be very, very excited about Josh Palmer's future in the NFL. At first drive against the Rams, I think he had four catches on that 21-play drive, and it was six leading the team. Fernando, I'm going to you, buddy. 
You know, I'm not going to go with the... I, everybody expects me to go with one or two. I'm going to go Nick... I misspelled his name over the weekend on Twitter, and I apologize for that, but Nick uh, Neiman, I think he's the guy that's really stood out. I think he... Uh, I, I didn't expect him to play this well. I mean, when they put him in there, he really... I feel like he lets his instincts take over, and I feel like that's a solid player for the Charger. And not, not for right now, because obviously they have Kaiser. They have uh, Kenneth Murray, and they have other play, and they have uh, Drew Special Tranquil. Special teams, though, Fernando. Special yeah. teams is exactly 100%. where they're going to need him. So definitely, that's where I think he's going to end up uh, needing to shine, and I think he will. I mean, he just he said it the other day on Sunday. He said that's where my brother really found his niche with the Kansas City Chiefs, and that's where I think he expects himself to find uh, success and and making this team is going to be through special teams. So I think he's a guy that that really plays with his instincts. I think he's gonna. I I I if I I'm Nostradamus. I see at least two special teams turnovers for him, where he get he recovers a a, a fumble or something in key situations. So I'm a, I'm gonna predict that for him. But I think this special if this special team is gonna get play, uh, better this year, they're gonna ne- need guys like Nick Neiman to to really step up and and uh, and play well for them. Compadamus. Compadons. There you go. I love son it. A, hey, listen, Nick Neiman, son of a coach uh, yep. at Iowa, and his brother obviously plays for the Chiefs. I, I hope I'm really rooting for Nick so we can yeah. get to week three and see the uh, the brother battle at Arrowhead. He's he's an outrageously gifted athlete. Yeah, he like is. you watch him play, like he is a freak. Yeah, in terms yeah. of his tackling ability, his sideline to sideline speed, like he is a prototypical and, special. And then you stud. can tell he he really lets his instincts take over, and he knows exactly where everything's going. So that's exactly where he is. And if he doesn't get the tackle, I mean, at least he's in the way in a sense, and somebody else can come up and wrap up. So he's he's a he's a special talent. The number thirty one yeah. throws me off a little bit when I, when I see him <laughs> and see his position as linebacker. Yeah, uh, Gil, I think you got you got seven rookies to choose from from this class. Yeah, yeah it's looking Three like a leader. <laughs> okay somebody has to talk about Rashawn Slater the people want Rashawn Slater and get out of my head Fernando because it is Rashawn Slater how do you not go with the obvious first round choice I kind of already mentioned them but my wi-fi broke up so let's go back to Rashawn Slater and him left tackle rookie and we were there you know, Popper Fernando when we saw him go one-on-one against uh, Joey Bosa for the first time we like we, lo- we lost our minds pretty much we, we got carried away for a training camp one-on-one battle it was that exciting uh, Rashawn Slater and Joey Bosa, and Slater got the best of him. And Joey Bosa has admitted as well that this guy was uh, raising my com- competition level because the rookie was beating Joey Bosa, and Bosa was like, okay, that's enough. Let me get some wins on the rookie. And these, those two have been going back and forth in, in training camp, and it's been fun to see. And I know for a lot of Chargers fans, they've, they've been kind of, you know, you know, screaming for for a, a good left tackle, a good offensive line. If And it seems like they finally have it like with Rashawn Slater and the whole unit. I'm not Fernando. I don't have a crystal ball here, but I'm going to take a wild guess and say Rashawn Slater is going to be really good as a rookie. Uh, so make sure that, you know, you take that to the bank because I know some stuff about football as well, like Popper and Fernando. So really I, I think Rashawn Slater uh, will, uh, will have a great uh, rookie year. There was a little, kind of a little bit of a scare with the, with the lower back uh, issue there, but he came back to practice and he's looking uh, like he hasn't missed a beat just yet. By the Can way, Gilbert, Gilbert Gilbert Gilbert's lying. He said the first thing that he thought when Rashawn Slater and Joey Bosa went up at each other, he's like, "Dang it! If I would have recorded that, it would have been it would have blown up on TikTok." So that's exactly what he said first, <laughs> and then he talked about how great the matchup was. Listen, he's can confirm, can confirm. Social media centric. <laughs> can I, can I, Chris? Can I add one more in? Yeah, go for it. Okay, I feel like he deserves a shout out here. Mark Webb. Yeah. Seventh round pick out of Georgia, the safety. I mean. Brandon Staley last year 
it was defensive coordinator with the Rams. They go out, they find Jordan Fuller in the sixth round. He becomes a, a very capable starter at free safety for them. This year, goes out in the seventh round, takes Mark Webb out of Georgia. And this guy's looking like a real piece for this defense, a significant depth piece. I mean, they got him playing both safety spots. They got him playing some star in the slot. They got him playing some money. He's looking like a jack of all trades in the secondary. He's picking balls off and he's looking comfortable in the defense. He's big. He moves better than I thought he did based on his testing times um, at the combine. So uh, shout out to Mark Webb, because I feel like, you know, as a seventh round pick, you're, you're typically fighting for a roster spot, but he has earned his way onto this roster and he's going to be a key depth piece for the secondary this season. That's a good call. And I'll just add Asante Samuel Jr. because you, you've seen him and his confidence kind of rise throughout training camp, getting his hands on the football. He picked off Garoppolo in joint practices. Um, I know he was behind on that route a little bit, but but had the interception against Jimmy in the game. And, and this is why the Chargers selected him in the second round. He, he's a ball hawking corner. Get the ball and get it to Justin Herbert and company. And, and hopefully he can do that. Um, and, you know, the coaches have talked about him playing both inside and outside. So we'll see how his progression goes. But we know about the bloodlines and to have a guy like Derwin James in the secondary with him and Chris Harris Jr. to kind of teach him the ropes of playing in the NFL's rookie year. Uh, I'm excited to see how they use Asante this year. So, uh, hey, final thing. I got a minute each. Most intriguing storyline or position battle entering this Saturday about 45 seconds each, we'll go around the horn. Uh, let's start with Gil. First pick, finally. Kicker. kicker. I'm going to take the best <laughs> competition battle is kicker. Yeah. Uh, I think his name is Tristan Vizcayano. Did I get it right, finally? Uh, and Michael Badge going at it for the kicker position there. And, and Tristan had a, a giant lead in this battle to start. Uh, maybe I shouldn't exaggerate, but it was a pretty uh, big lead for, for Tristan. And I think Michael Badge pull, uh, pulled in. Uh, last week by you know, making more more field goals and practices and Tristan having that 50 yard field goal in the preseason against the 49ers showing the leg strength that we've been looking for in Michael Badger. So I think uh, they're pretty close now. I think it's still Tristan in the lead. But this final game in Seattle to give you some storyline, people are tired of preseason games. They want to move on to regular season. Get excited about Tristan and Michael Badger going at in Seattle. Uh, that's what I'm going to be watching for uh, the preseason finale on Saturday night. Compadamus, who who wins the kicker battle, Compadamus? Ooh, there you go. Tristan. I think he has a leg string. He's been doing well on kickoffs as well. Uh, I take Tristan uh, uh, to, to win that job for sure. All right. Fernando, you're up. Yeah. Uh, well, Popper called that one a couple of weeks ago, so I think it's been over. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go... Chase Daniel versus Easton Stick. Yeah, it's. A, <laughs> I I mean, obviously, for, if you gather any of the comments that Joe Lombardi said on uh, on Wednesday, you kind of maybe know what way they're leaning. But I still think it's been interesting to watch Easton. Easton, I don't know for what reason during practice he's throwing interceptions, he makes mistakes. Then he comes to the games and he's taking care of the football. He's completing any eighty-one percent of his passes. And I know it's just preseason, but still, it, it, it's interesting the way he's taking care of the football. Um, but Chase Daniel and Easton, I, I'm going to be interested to see how they go this weekend. I think like it's going to be Chase goes first and then Easton goes second, but. But definitely, uh, who doesn't like a good qu quarterback controversy and quarterback uh, battle? So I'm, I'm going to have to go with both of them. <laughs> I don't. It's a good. I don't. I, 
Hey, at least we're not uh, asking if it's going to be Tyrod or if it's going to be Justin. It's, uh, a good, yeah. it's a good thing to have a quarterback controversy when it's the the number two, the backups, number three guys, not the number one guy. Which which to me is the best position ever. The backup quarterback. You hold a clipboard. You get paid millions of dollars. Popper, I got one more minute. Go for it. All right, wide receiver. The back end of this depth chart is is to me the most heated battle heading into this final preseason game. Um, you know, you've got KJ Hill, you've got Tyron Johnson, you've got Jason Moore. These are the guys that are, are really Michael competing Bandy. there. And you can add Michael Bandy in there too, as a potential punt returner. KJ Hill's not nicked up right now. Jason Moore's nicked up right now. So you really got three, maybe four guys battling for, for those, you know, final two spots there, you know, uh, after the big three. And I think Jalen Guyton has sort of cemented himself, in that group. Um, and I can see really any two of them locking down that final spot. Um, you know, it's, there's the rotation has been uh, sort of, uh, you know, mixing up over the last couple of weeks, you know, Tyron Johnson was the fifth receiver on the field in that preseason game played well into the fourth quarter, which, you know, read into that, whatever you want to obviously was a, a super productive player last year, uh, but who, who wins those final two spots? I'll be watching closely to see who performs in this game. Obviously, special teams is going to be a big factor. Who can provide some flex as a kick returner, punt returner, even a gunner, um, potentially. So that's a battle that I'll be watching heading into this preseason game. This is what's cool about this podcast. I, I got the the next crew on deck here. It's almost like the family feud because it's like the same questions. And I'm just going to see, you know, we're going to compare answers, right? Who... Who money and Reedy and you and, won't get yeah. Nick Neiman, you won't get Mark Webb, you won't get that from <laughs> from them. You're gonna get the first three. Uh, the, you're gonna get Asante, Rashawn, and uh, and uh, Josh Palmer. So we gave you, we gave you, we gave you some of the back end guys. Who knows? Maybe we'll get a Trey McKitty, or maybe we'll get a Larry Roundtree. You never know. Um, That'd be interesting. Hey, what, one of the one of the reasons I always love to do this too, um, especially at the beginning of the season, is you, you guys all do awesome work at your respective publications, but also we got hops with pop. Is that coming? Is that going to continue throughout the year? Um, to be determined. I think we're, I'm going to put out a poll sometime soon, but I think we're going to do it um, after games, like on okay. Sunday nights, but yeah, we'll see. All it's right. just like a fun thing we're doing. So, and then obviously Copas on the beat every Tuesday, big time guests. Uh, rap sheet was this past week. Yep. Rap sheet. Uh, it was, I bugged him at, at training camp and, and he agreed to it. So it was a lot of fun to have him on. Awesome. Well, I, I'm going to, I'm going to try to get up on the sign up list for compass on the beat. Anytime <laughs> you guys would like to have me. I'd love to. <laughs> you're oh, yeah, you're tough, Chris. <laughs> they, they big time me for six months. Chris. So. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. All right, boys. Awesome. See ya. Thank you. Take care. Thank Thanks, you. Chris. All right, part two of our mega roundtable. Thanks to Popper, Gil, and Fernando. Let's bring in the voice of the Chargers, Matt Money-Smith, Jeff Miller, LA Times, Joe Reedy, Associated Press. Gentlemen, how we doing? Awesome. Outstanding. Great Glad to have money on here. I love it. Yeah. Finally, somebody on here with a real voice. Yeah, well, and, but not the intelligence that you writers have. That's for oh. sure. I'm the idiot out oh here. I'm God. just a screaming head. That's all I am. Yeah, but we have the we have the quality with the gold and platinum records in the background yeah, too. Exactly. Listen, between between the medals and the platinum <laughs> records, we got it covered. This is an accomplished group. This is a very accomplished group. <laughs> hey guys, first thing, y- y'all have been at camp for a Charger fan. 
who didn't see a snap at training camp? Just your one overarching takeaway from the last month. Money, we'll start with you. Well, I, w- I would say speed uh, and energy is, is probably what I would go with, particularly at the linebacker position. And, and maybe it's just, you know, bias just because it's been such a, a bugaboo for this team the last few years. Uh, injury at that position, lack of depth, you know, watching Tyreek Hill burn Hayes Pollard on, you know, those three by one formations and the over routes um, to, to see that particular group uh headlined by by Kenneth Murray you know and seeing him out there running around in that that second preseason game and Kaiser White and Tranquil um I'm really in Neiman you know the six round pick tip like to me that's just what I've noticed in those two preseason games and practices is there's a lot of speed and there's a lot of energy out there yeah the uh the, we were just talking about Kaiser White Ronaldo Hill called him a bully and yeah. he, he's put on weight and he, he plays with that edge and energy. I think that Brandon Staley wants to play with and just seeing Kenneth Murray out there at practice yesterday, drew tranquil um, and Nick Neiman, man. I mean, he, he may not necessarily see the field on defense, but from a special teams perspective, um, he, he's son of a coach. He, he's got a nose yeah. for the ball and, and knows, knows how to tackle. <laughs> Those are all three things that, that, that check the box. Jeff, what about you, man? Uh, I'm going to stick on the defense too. And just the Derwin James back. I think it. Uh, we all saw what the uh, difference he makes you hear these, you talk to these guys about him, and, and it's like, he's three players. I mean, they, they, that's how much he means to this defense and how much they missed him last year. And we, we all knew that really the last two years, we all knew that, but now that you see him back out there and you see the difference he makes, he's calling signals and, and Staley loves him. They, you know, he wouldn't, he, he wouldn't have him in that position to be calling the defense if he didn't. And, and they, they all love him and they follow him and he's a leader. There's no question about that. And so I think you, you look at that defense as a chance to be really good. And, and he's a big part of it. Just having him back. It, it just, it just feels yeah. different out there on defense. Joe. I think this is, like my 16th or 17th NFL training camp. And I never saw as many live special teams periods than I did during this, during this camp. Usually that stuff is done during walkthrough periods when we aren't allowed in, which is usually like, I think an hour to 90 minutes, depending on the, depending on the, uh, structure of the day and everything but the live special teams drills starting from day one usually you don't see that from teams until maybe the first weekend or a week and a half in if if, in terms of field goals and all that I think it just impresses from Brandon Staley that this is going to be very much, I think, as he says, a team of teams and in stressing that this is a three-phase game and how much he was saying from the get-go on practices that he was stressing it very much on game situations. And we saw that from the first practice. Bunny, I want to ask you about that because obviously you called these games. You know how many of those losses were due to special teams mishaps when you see how much they've focused on that phase of the game, uh, drafting guys to to play special teams specifically, um, the, the kicking competition, um, it, it seems like it's kind of raised everybody's level. It's been very heightened, the, that phase of the game. Well, I guess, you know, the word I'd use at this point is just hopeful. 
you know, for the Chargers and the Chargers fans. Um, I don't know if, if they've resolved all their issues, um, but like you said, they've certainly changed it. I think it's a big reason why we have a whole new coaching staff here. Um, you know, I've never seen anything like that Patriots game in um, all the years I've called football. So I, I think that was sort of the exclamation point, the straw that broke the camel's back, whatever, you know, idiom you want to use. Um, it, I think that was, that was sort of the alarm bell and no doubt it's going to be full scale changes. Well, I shouldn't say that. We'll see, you know, like uh, Ty Long beat out Lachlan Edwards. So they're bringing back the same punter. Um, you know, we'll see if Badgley comes back as well. And then you're talking about making sure your protection's tight and making sure your coverage units are, are tight and better. You mentioned Neiman. Uh, we've seen Kamon Hall perform well, you know, Brandon on, uh, Bannon on those special teams units. So there's a lot of different faces. Um, a new coordinator who, you know, just being around and listening to him, he's, he's got a heck of a lot of energy. It's certainly fun to be out there and watch him coach. But, you know, until we actually see it in a game, uh, I think there's reason to, to still be a little bit skeptical because it's been bad for a few years now. Guys, I would go around the horn again, and Joe, we'll start with you. Uh, a non-rookie, most impressive non-rookie that you've seen in camp thus far. Mm, um, you can go, Justin. You can go. With, you can go obvious, or you can go. <laughs> the I would go out on a limb and say Easton Stick, because. Mm. You know, there is a backup quarterback battle. I think in the end, with as many needs as this team has at other positions, I think in the end, they're going to keep just two quarterbacks. Yeah. And what Easton has directed both touchdown drives. I think that throw that he made in the San Diego game, running to the right sideline, passing left, finding Josh Palmer. Great play by both of them, but especially Easton with three defenders bearing down on him and having enough physically to be able to to be able to loft that. Not really a bullet, but being able to loft that pass. And Money had a good view of it too for yeah. too from the radio booth. I think it, it just shows what he can do. And maybe the different things that they're that they're going to have him do during games. I think we'll see more of the Easton stick factor during games this year, where maybe him and Justin are on the field at the same time. Do they Taysen Hill him at times? Maybe not as much as New Orleans did, but do we have that factor during games to keep teams honest? So I think that. You know, there was a lot of pressure on Easton and Chase Daniel coming into this camp, and Easton is more than delivered. Yeah, it's it's hard. I think Brandon Staley even said it. Like, he, he gave Chase Daniel a lot of credit for just hanging in there in that second half of that San Francisco game. But, but you're right. Saturday is, you know, there's a lot of things already kind of buttoned up. That quarterback battle uh, is is to be determined. Jeff, what about yeah, you? Yeah, you know what, Chris? I'll just jump in there. I, I think that's a great observation joe i i agree I, I i can't imagine them carrying three quarterbacks i just think there's too much too much need uh at, at depth positions that we've seen get thin you know through attrition over the course of the year and you know when we were calling the game it was something we were focused on and i, I think it's look the leadership's nice the veteran ear to to to, to have is nice but 
if God forbid something happened to Herbert, who's going to go out there and win a quarter and, and win maybe a game or two? And I, I don't think it's even close. Like to me, Easton Sticks got to, you know, looks to be that guy. Yeah, Easton has played well. I think he was what seven to seven in the first game, and you know, just yeah. some of those plays he made. You mentioned the one to Palmer, the thirty-nine yarder to Guyton down the sideline. Um, he's always been kind of fun to watch. I remember the Arizona game money a couple of years ago. Oh, look, he's an athlete. You know, DJ said it the year they drafted him. He he said Taysom Hill. You know, and and Coach Lynn was like, hey he ain't as thick as Taysom Hill. I don't think we can throw him out there on special teams. You know, that's a little, but I think he could be, I mean, the way Easton's built, if you ever, if you're ever around him, he's a thick dude. I mean, he's an athlete. I, I, I think that's a great point, Joe. I could totally see, especially with Lombardi here, that Taysom Hill factor. And again, what do they want to do? They want to pressure defenses. What better way to pressure him than to have two guys out there that can throw the ball and have no idea what's going to happen when the ball snaps. Or we've seen read option a couple of times during, yeah. during practices, Training camp practices this year. You throw Easton out there a couple times on a read option, or, you know, it's crazy as it sounds, Herbert and Easton both, you know, yeah. both rolling right on a read option, and all of a sudden, he, you know, one pitches to the other. Jeff, Easton Stick is off the board. I need a, <laughs> I need a, uh, a non-rookie impressive player. I'm glad Joe went first on this one because this is a tough one. Uh, I I think you know um, I'm going to go back to Kaiser White. I think he, not that he I mean, he showed up as a rookie. And he he started right at the beginning. You know, it was right at the beginning of that first year. Of course, he got hurt and missed a bunch of time. But I, I he to me looks like a guy, and he's going to uh, rotate in there with uh, with Drew Tranquil, that linebacker spot opposite Kenneth Murray, and uh, he looks if he can stay healthy. I think. Uh, uh, I was talking to Tom Telesco recently, and he said the thing about Kaiser is he looks like a linebacker now where he, you know, he came out of college. He played a lot of safety and making that transition that uh, Tom Telesco thought it, it took, you know, it takes a few years. He, he said now he plays like a linebacker. He looks like a linebacker. So I think that's encouraging for this defense. Another another guy out there to, to you know, make plays and to be kind of a thumper. I mean, he, you know, he's, I'm not going to say he's a Denzel Perryman. I mean, Perryman's a different, you know, yeah. a little bit different when it comes to hitting guys. But I think Kaiser is a guy who can go out there and can, you know, some, you know, you know, can be sort of a presence out there that, you know, players going across the middle are going to know he's there. And uh, so he, he's a guy, I think if he can stay healthy and we say this about all these guys, so, you know, it seems like, but if he can stay healthy, there's no reason why he shouldn't have a really good uh, season in the, in this defense, especially. Money, you said it off the rip, man. I, I'm really excited about these linebackers and, yeah. and what they could do in this Brandon Staley defense. Um, Outside of Kaiser and Easton, you got a guy? Yeah, I'm glad neither of them took him because uh, as soon as you asked the question, it popped into my head immediately. Kyler Fackrell. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of us were looking at Chen and Nwosu to be that that edge opposite Bosa, but to me, it looks like Fackrell's taken that starting job. He's been awesome. Um, I get the preseason is a lot of backups he's been going up against, but man, that dude puts pressure on an offense. And, you know, he's done it. You don't, Tom Telesco said it to us um, the other day. He said, look, you don't luck into 10 and a half sacks. You might luck into two or four one season. You don't luck into 10 and a half. That dude knows how to get after the passer. And, and the idea that there was a question mark opposite Bosa coming into the season, I still think Chen is going to have a huge role and, and be a great player opposite him. But to me, 
Fackrell's really raised his hand as as someone who could be a special player in this offense or this defense, I should say. Yeah, you know, we were just talking with the other guys. It was such a question mark coming into this year with obviously Melvin eventually going to Pittsburgh and not knowing exactly what that was going to look like opposite of Joey Bosa. But if you can have a nice healthy rotation with Fackrell and Nuosu on the other side of Joey, yeah. and Joey was was talking about how Kyle was he, he you had the best uh, seat in the house for it, money. He was getting pressure consistently on Sunday. Every snap. Every snap. You know, and you mentioned, look, and Rumpf, I think that's your, you know, your four-man rotation there. We'll see whether or not they make it five with, with Egbele, whether or not he's, you know, he's kind of that fifth guy there or, or whom it might be. But, you know, to me, that's, again, you know, it was a, a question mark. I think Rumpf has flashed. You know, I know you're asking non-rookies, but I think you feel a little bit better, mostly because of Fackrell, uh, about that particular edge group. Well, Muddy, we'll start with you and go back around the horn. Most impressive rookie, and there's a lot to choose from here. Up, up and down that class over the last two I mean, preseason games, man. It, to me, it's easy. It's it's not even close, right? I mean, the Slater has been unbelievable. Yeah. Just unbelievable. So especially considering what post he's going to fill, you know, that was vacated, the disaster that was the offensive line last year, um, particularly trying to protect uh, Justin's blind side. I mean, watching Slater has been a revelation. He's, you know, as a rookie, now look, nothing's live yet. It could change, but that dude's, he's just, every now and then you'll see a guy that just pops. I'm not saying it's, it's Derwin James, but to me, he's popped. Like you watch him out there on those one-on-ones, you watch him in the game and that dude's good. He is a good player. Yeah. And it, it, what's wild is he hasn't played in a real game in, in two years and it'll, yeah. it'll be chase young 2.0 and montez sweat come week one uh Je- jeff miller uh favorite rookie or most impressive rookie rather uh i'm gonna go with josh palmer i think we uh he he showed up the day he walked out there the first time he sure looked like he looked like an nfl wide receiver and um i i think they they're pleasantly surprised i don't think there's any question um i think uh uh, the other day, uh, Staley said he, he's probably a little bit better than we thought he maybe he was going to be. So, uh, at least at this point of his career and, you know, they've all, again, Keenan Allen raves about him. Everyone you ask raves about him, but he, he just has that look. He has the body. I mean, he, I think he's going to, you know, he'll, he'll go out there week one and, you know, he may not be a, you know, eight catch for a hundred yard guy right off the bat, but I think he's going to fit right in and teams are going to have to respect him and defend him. And uh, he, he, I just, he just looks uh, the easiest way to say it is he just looks like he belongs out there. It's not a reach that he's out there. And I, I think they're excited about what he can bring and, and they, and gives a little more depth to that position and, and uh, just another option for Justin Herbert. That's never a bad thing to have more choices for that guy to go to. You know, yesterday, Chase Daniel, he, he's been a part of a lot of great new Orleans offenses. He said, this is the best wide receiver group he's ever been a part of. So that's, that's high praise when you, you, we talk about Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, obviously, but, but the way Palmer has kind of come in to this program and, and really wowed a lot of people. Yeah. Um, a lot to be said for that. Joe Reedy. Yeah. That was, that was quite a comment by, by chase. Yeah. <laughs> I was surprised by that. I mean, that was, we're talking about that, like, you know, Drew Brees with multiple 5,000 yeah. seasons to a lot of really good players, you know? Yeah. Joe, what do you think, man? I'm going to tie here because money went first round 
Uh, Jeff went third round. <laughs> I'm gonna go late round because you're gonna see, but you're gonna see both of these guys in games. I'm gonna say Brandon James and um, Nick Neiman. Um, Neiman, what he's done on defense with the tackling, especially during the San Francisco game. Brandon James has been able to, you know, go in at the guard spot and play more than well. You know, if if Brian if Ryan Belaga makes it all sixteen games this year, I don't. I was in Vegas last week. There was no prop bet on how many games Brian Belaga will play, even though that would be an interesting. Um, that would be an interesting um, prop bet or something that we can bandy about during the year. But we're gonna see Brandon we're gonna see Brendan James at one point this year because right now, especially with what we saw last Sunday, Storm between Storm Norton and Trey Pipkins, at least one of them is not going to be here when final roster cuts are made. And who knows about both once um final roster once everything around the league is made and teams can start picking up players and everything where right now the where right now you can see a scenario where if if Bulaga got hurt Filer gets kicked out to right tackle and Brendan James goes in and plays one of the guard spots because because he has more than shown that I think he is capable of going up against uh, NFL defenses and Neiman we're going to see a lot of them on special yeah. teams, like you guys said earlier. I'm going to tell you a funny story, Joe. Uh, I was standing with our uh, one of our Spanish broadcasters, Francisco, and uh, and he says to me, 64, Jamie's, he looks good. I like him. And I said, yeah. I said, it's actually pronounced Hymas. And he said, wait a minute. The, uh, I'm the Spanish guy. And the one time <laughs> you're supposed to pronounce it, in Spanish, the way that it's spelled, I say Jamie's, and you have to tell me it's Hymus. <laughs> he said, yes, I, I'm sorry, but it is Hymus, even though his first name is Brendan, and he's very white. There's no question about that, but it is, it is in fact, Hymus. Uh, so go figure. Guy well, from Nebraska looks like he does. His first name's Brendan. <laughs> when I... Uh, when I saw that he was selected by the Chargers, it, it was the same exact thing. You look at his last name, and it's like, Brendan Jamie's. Yeah. I'm I thought it was a Jamie's. typo. I figured it was just a mistake. They exactly. misspelled his name wrong, frankly. Joe, Joe, we saw him next to Slater in that first game. They were mauling dudes. You know, him at left guard. And the fact that he has that positional versatility. We haven't seen this starting group yet. Week one will be the first time we see it. The fact that they have that positional versatility with Filer, with Hymas, it, it it gives them some options in case there are injuries or, you know, they need to kind of figure other things out, a plan B, you know, come later in the season. Yeah, and I think we're all we're all holding our breath wondering how this offensive line group is going to do against Washington and Chase Young and, you know, Young versus Slater the rematch now on a much larger stage is going to be one of the uh, one of the uh, storylines to watch. It's it's so exciting that even my dog with the chew toy is trying to make noise uh, uh, with how excited she is about that matchup. Um, but um, you know, too, just with the offense and everything in general. I don't think we've seen the true blocking schemes and everything that Frank Smith has brought in 
until September 12th, especially in the run game. Is it going? How much of a zone blocking scheme is it going to be? And I think the other thing to watch, and and Brandon brought it up on uh, on Tuesday, and we saw it in the San Francisco game. The new penalty where cut blocks are eliminated. How mu- how many of those fifteen yard penalties are we going to see throughout the league in uh, week one, or uh, you know, in the in the uh, Chargers uh, Washington football team? Um, since since Kenneth Murray uh, it, it, it unintentionally dropped a uh, Redskins line in there on uh, Tuesday, how many penalties of that are we going to see during the uh, season of Week One? And, and I think Joe, beyond him kicking out, and I think you're absolutely right. If if I think the depth of tackle is going to be Filer and and Hymas kicking out to one of those, and you're going to see someone come off the bench to replace them at guard, be it Quest or St. Louis or whomever it may be. But um, I think. I think Hymas is in contention to be the starting left guard. I, I could totally see him beating out Abushi um, and and having, you know, it be Filer, Hymas, you know, have two, as crazy it may sound, two rookies on the left side. Um, but I think he's just been that impressive, uh, you know, when, when he's out there and, and it would not surprise me. It's amazing, man. So many starts, too, in the Big Ten. And yeah. that's already that's showing up. That's showing up at camp for sure. I, I want to talk about this Washington football team game so much because of the defensive line and the offensive line. But we got one more. Saturday, Seattle. Money, you're going to be on the mic for it. A, a position battle that fans should have their eyes on. What, what position battle this late in camp uh, are you going to have eyes on Saturday? Well, you know, to me, it's it's not really a fair fight because he's not there. But to me, I I don't know how you, I think it's hard to carry Justin Jackson. I just think it is, you know, I I think if Bradwell shows out on Saturday, I could totally see it being Roundtree Kelly and Bradwell behind Eckler. uh, Cause I think they're going to keep neighbors. Uh, He's, you know, he's a good blocker. He's a true fullback. So, you know, when you got five in that room, I could, I could see, you know, a, Bradwell getting some carries and much like Eckler did in 2017 when he showed out on special teams and showed out in that San Francisco game ended up making the 53 uh, I could see that uh, being something that that comes to fruition I love JJ too man I, I really well of course I, you do you're a Northwestern guy I'm a wild kid. Yeah, of course <laughs> of course but you know what I I just I go back to the Pittsburgh I I the 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 moments I have yeah. in my mind that Sunday night Pittsburgh game how he won that game those first two weeks of 2019 when when him and Eckler were like ripping off six yards a pop against right. uh, uh, I'm gonna and, I'm gonna interject here Chris and I'm gonna say the most important ability is availability exactly and 16 games in three years is that's tough man that is just or whatever the number is I know it's really low that is it's just yep. it's tough I, everybody likes him but man that's tough and he didn't can't, can't make the club in the tub especially with the new coaching staff yeah he didn't miss a game at Evanston too that's I know yeah yeah it's crazy it's been crazy for him it's unfortunate but yeah you you know, it doesn't matter how good you are. If you can't be out there, you're not, you can't help the team. So it's yeah. just unfortunate he hasn't been able to, to stay out there. Jeff, what about you, man? What do you think for Saturday? What do you keep an eyes on? I, I hate to uh, – I don't want to be that guy, but I'm going to go to the kickers. <laughs> I yeah. just, it's such, it, does, it does mean something, obviously, and we've seen in the past in this league, this could end up being like an enormous decision they make. Uh, 
I think I still have a feeling Vizcaino is going to win out. Just he has a stronger leg. You know, he, they, they, I know they, they're valuing a lot kickoffs and he, he puts the ball a little farther, a little higher. I think that's ultimately going to be a, a big advantage to him. Uh, again, I, I, I think uh, we all like uh, Michael Badgley. We all like him. He's a fun guy to talk to. Yeah. He, we, you know, it was, it was fun in 2018 when he did so well and came on and just stabilized that position and, and understandably was a, at that time was a fan favorite, but uh, uh, it, it's going it, to, it, at some point, hopefully, you know, this is, you know, there isn't a point this season where uh, we're, we're talking about kickers a whole bunch again, after this, uh, this last preseason yeah. game, once the rosters are set up, ideally for the team where they'd pick one and that'd be it for the rest of the year, we'd never even mention it, but uh it's going to be interesting to see what they do. And uh, it'll be interesting in this game if they both get chances, how they do and what, you know, Badgley made a 50 yarder last week. So if this guy, you know, can get in there and, you know, counter punch, we'll see. But uh, it, it, it's kind of a, you know, it's sort of a goofy position in the sport, but it's, it, it, it's enormous. It, it's huge. And we see it every week in this league that these guys are winning and losing games. So I guess we'll, I'll, I'll go with the kickers. Yeah. Joe, close this out, buddy. Bottom of the wide receiver group, do they keep five or do they keep six? Uh, conventional wisdom would say six, but um, you know that bo- that bottom is that bottom is an interesting group. Uh, I think KJ Hill is in a little bit of a battle. You know, Jason Moore, Tyron Johnson. How much do they? How much do they play? Can they separate themselves and? I think the second thing to look for too, and we need Robert Stack on this from Unsolved Mysteries. Do we see Jerry Tillery actually play on Saturday? You know, right. Staley, Staley has brought up Michael Davis is playing because he doesn't have that many snaps in the NFL. Neither does Jerry Tillery. And Jerry had six penalties last year that ended up leading to opposing points. So. Do you really want him out there week one, you know, in in a situation and stuff that, you know, penalties and penalties and everything and offensive lines and, you know, Fitz has gotten into more than a few heads too, trash talking. And Jerry doesn't seem to take trash talking well either. So does Jerry get in for a series or two? Money, I, I wanted to ask you too, as we get out of here, the fact that it's three preseason games, we've never had this before. It's the balance of, all right, do you want that last Sunday game to be the last time a lot of your rookies play before week one or, or some of these guys who are, you know, key backups? Uh, what do you think the approach is going to be for some of these rookies and, and maybe guys who may get meaningful snaps on special teams and, you know, maybe spot duty on offense and defense come week one. Yeah. I mean, to me, this is, this is roster building, you know, that's what this game is. And just kind of speaking to what Joe had just mentioned, you know, I, I think there's a potential where they take keep six defensive linemen, you know, and, and I'd love to see Tillery out there with Broughton, you know, with Fajoko, with Merrill, so I can more properly evaluate if I want to carry an extra one of those guys. And maybe like you were talking, Joe, lose, you know, do I drop a wide receiver, not bring back Hill or Reed and, and end up keeping both Fajoko and Broughton, you know, because I just kind of like the talent there and knowing how much I want to rotate those guys and keep them fresh and just body after body. Like to me, that's what I'll be looking at. I, I think it's a ton of cornerback play, you know, is it, 
because they're just so different. You know, Campbell, Hall, and Bannon, they're just kind of different styles of corners. So I'm, I'm interested to see how they rotate those guys, whom they play them opposite of. Um, so, and, you know, and I think those edge guys, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's healthy to see a lot of egg belay. I just think it's those, you know, those bubble roster players that, that we're probably going to see a lot of, and I would like to see them next to starters, you know, knowing that, Hey, here's some attention paid to these guys. Let's see if you can do well with the one-on-ones and the, you know, the, the opportunities that are presented to you. We're getting closer, gentlemen, to week one. One more on Saturday, though, before it starts to get real. Appreciate your time. Matt Money-Smith. By the way, me and Matt, me and Money got some things cooking for Chargers Weekly yeah. um, that we're going to be announcing soon. Really excited about it. Very excited. Uh, Jeff Miller, LA Times, Joe Reedy, Associated Press. You guys can be a big part of this throughout the season. Uh, really appreciate your time, as always. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us. A big thanks to our mega roundtable. Matt Money-Smith, Jeff Miller, Joe Reedy, Daniel Popper, Gilbert Manzano, and Fernando Ramirez. Be sure to download and subscribe to the Chargers Podcast Network wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Full video episodes every Thursday on the Chargers official YouTube channel and chargers.com. Enjoy the preseason finale on Saturday. And until next time. I'm Chris Avery.